Hey guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, the MFCEO.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio podcast brought to you by Sickwix Candles for all of your soy-based wax candle needs Go to sickwicks.com to uh, to shop and, and get yourself some either some wax melts or some awesome candles. If you don't like candles, you're a weirdo. Maybe you think I'm a weirdo for liking candles. That's beside the point. But also this podcast is brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can save 15% every time that you shop at medterracbd.com by entering discount code BIGMXRADIO15. A couple of guys on this podcast who know a whole lot about motocross, especially the outdoors because they race themselves on weekends. Sometimes they're racing, sometimes they're just riding, getting that throttle therapy. We start out right in the middle of the country in the show me state himself, Matt Weller, the builder of many beautiful motorcycles that we love on Instagram. He's also uh, the, the sole proprietor over at MX Rehab. What's over? What's up, Matt Weller? What's up, Brad? Thanks for having me. Thank you for making time for the podcast. It's been way too long since we had you on a show. I think it's been at least uh, six, seven months, and uh, you were in uh, a punishment of sorts, purgatory. You were banned from the podcast. That has been lifted mainly because you know this stuff better than we do half the time, and uh, I love to hear your heavenly voice, and I probably need parts for my, my KTM. Um, but also on the line, he's a repeat offender. He's on way too many of these podcasts and not a fan favorite whatsoever, mainly because of the, the length of his hair and the fact that he wears it in dreads. He is the tan brother himself, Dave Drakes. What's up, Dave? <laughs> What's up, man? Loving the intros, dude. They're getting better every week. I don't know if I'm getting better or more racist, but either way, they are funnier. Um, Dave, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, since the last time we talked, you got modern. You got yourself a, a brand new uh, 2019 uh, K- Kawasaki 450, courtesy of Tyler Bowers. Before we crack open this podcast, we're going to be talking Lucas Oil, Pro Motocross, AMA Nationals, and the predictions for that. Tell me about acquiring this beautiful machine and when you might actually get a chance to get out on it. <laughs> yeah, I finally got a bike that you know is fuel injected and doesn't have to shovel coal into and stuff so um yeah i was actually on on a track walk in houston just complaining about how old my bike was and um just you know can't get the thing started and every season it's like i spend two months trying to get the bike running right and another month trying to break it in and get it going again and then season's over so um tyler heard me you know kind of complain about it a little bit and said hey man honestly I've got a bike that i honestly never ride um it's like kind of my you know my b bike backup bike um, I'll use the motor and frame. All the other like stuff that came on that stock is on a shelf somewhere. The bike can be put together brand new for you for this you know awesome price. So um, we talked a little bit, negotiated, and um, in Vegas he brought it to the race for me. Looked it over, PayPal the guy the money that day, and uh, I got shipped through uh, BWR race team um, straight to uh, like two hours from me. So pretty stoked. Probably going to end up riding it this weekend. Got to go through it a little bit, but I'm just stoked to have a bike that actually starts there <laughs> so i'm pretty amped um can't wait to hop on the green bike i've been on green since like high school so i'm amped i'm ready for it there you go and uh first time you swung a leg over it where did you look for the kickstarter or no yes 
definitely did that. Made a, made a mistake. Uh, I was like, man, I, like, did the Kickstarter fall off or something? And uh, yeah, oh, then geez. I, you know, knocked myself in the head. <laughs> so, Come yeah, on, I mean, Dave. That button is incredible. It's it's incredible. Yeah, I gave you some time on it. I was in an 09, whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, this bike's incredible, man. I'm so amped to ride it. I'm stoked for you. Matt Weller, you yourself Yo. have, you, you've got a collection, my friend. You've got a collection that it gets bigger, it gets smaller. You sell bikes that I would never part with. You build bikes that I want to ride. You build bikes f- for or with amazing factory former factory pros who end up giving you swag when when guys like uh um robbie raynard want to ride your 500 or uh the great um his name is escaping me scott chic scott chic uh ride wants to like gives gets you some some memorabilia uh you're well known on instagram i'm pretty sure it's like a uh, a weekly thing that uh, Motocross Action Magazine shares one of your builds, uh, mainly because uh, their their social media is ran by children. Um, but uh, you have an amazing, amazing uh, collection of bikes. You do awesome work. In fact, you've gotten better ever since we first had you on this podcast about three years ago. Uh, your your builds have gotten better and more intricate and more exact. And uh, I think right now you're working on a Bradshaw replica. Uh, you've seen the ups and downs of, of building these bikes, often on a pretty um, pretty impressive budget as well. I, I might add a lot of a lot of people just throw money at their uh, their bike builds. You do it. Uh, not only do you do it right, but you also do it uh, in a cost effective manner. Uh, what are you working on right now, man? What's in your stable? Uh, that's all before we crack open the 2019 Lucas Oil Pro Motocross AMA Nationals. Well, the Bradshaw bike is really the only project i've got going right now and i'm actually trying to get it buttoned up this week because bradshaw is going to be at a track literally 30 minutes away and i'm gonna pull the bike there if i can get it autographed yes so I'm, i'm pretty stoked on that yeah buddy and uh please tell me at this point you've gotten some throttle therapy uh, in in two thousand uh, in the in the last little while since we last uh, had maybe a text exchange or something like that. I've ridden twice. Nope. You you've got to have ridden a little bit. Come on. Nope. Last time I rode was when I went to the Raynard Complex in December. Wow. See that that, that yep. like that's that's upsetting. Like um like because you're 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 in Missouri, correct? No, Iowa. Iowa. Oh, it's, it's close. close. Is that close? Both. I need to, I need to work on my uh, American geography a little bit, but either way, um, uh, yeah, I was not that warm either. You, you guys like uh, you, you guys get your fair share of winter, but um, yeah, you need to get on your motorcycle. I hope that Bradshaw uh, signs your bike, but uh, I'm excited to have you guys on this podcast breaking down 2019. I think we start with 250s, boys. There is a ton to talk about with the 250s. I think if, if anything, we we we, we maybe steal a little bit of the 450 time to talk about 250s. Um, there are a ton, and I mean a ton, of factory-backed riders coming into this season, some of which will be uh, be staying amateur. We, there's a new cha- rule change where some guys can ride a few races as an amateur and still keep their status for Loretta Lins. We'll talk about that a little bit. But um, what say you guys? How about we start with the 250s here, 2019 preview show for the uh, Lucas Oil Pro Motocross AMA Nationals? do it all right 
250 yeah, class. Good. Dave, I know you are a huge fan of all things green, including the bike that's in your garage right now. Um, and uh, so maybe that's where we should start, probably where the, the most amount of heartbreak lies uh, in the fact that the Pro Circuit Kawasaki team three weeks ago was looking at uh, two championships and possibly a third outdoors in 2019. Uh, their their only chance at a championship now is to have uh, Adam Cianzarulo, uh run rough shot and and take down the rest of this uh, star studded field. Um, we're going to we're going to go through this class uh, OEM by OEM, manufacturer by manufacturer, starting with Kawasaki. Dave, tell me a little bit about uh, the Pro Circuit team. What are they coming with? Yeah, this one's uh, this one's gonna be a tough one. So obviously, you know, Adam's gonna come in as like a, one of the one of the class favorites. You know, you and I just talked about um, him kind of being like our one B rider. Where yeah, he's a, he's an all out fast rider. He can win an outdoor race. We saw it last year, saw the year before. Um, the guy knows his stuff, but he's, he's coming off of that Supercross defeat, and that can put, that can take a huge metal pull on a, on a rider like that, especially a young 250 rider, uh, which is what he is. People kind of think he's a little older than he really is, but he's you know, still fairly young, and um, that loss was just, it, it was big. I mean, the whole industry felt it, so that uh, can kind of shake things up and kind of put him in a weird, yeah, could have put him in a, in a weird headspace, so um, he's kind of in a little bit of a known. We know the talent's there, we know um, the support from the, from the factories there, we know his bike can handle it, we know his team's great, but this sport is so mental, can he get over that little hurdle he just had? And I say a little hurdle as a huge euphemism. Um, you know, he's got a teammate in Marcin Navalo. That guy is an absolute stuff. Dave, don't do this to me now. Dave? Dave? Rick? But I totally agree. Davalos is kind of a, an unknown. He could, he could come in and win races, and he could sneak this championship away. Absolutely, he could. I think Dave is uh, got launched into space. Uh, we'll see if uh, he can. We can add him back onto the conversation. That is embarrassing. Um, but uh, what, what's your take, uh, Matt? As far as the, uh, the the Kawasaki team goes, uh, they're they're down one of their uh, their most coveted high, hired guns in uh, in Austin Forkner. Um, they're kind of limping into the Supercross season. I don't know if Garrett Marchbanks had the Supercross season that he would write home about, despite becoming the uh, uh, the Rookie of the Year. Uh, that was sort of puzzling. Uh, I guess you had to give it to somebody, but he he, he did win that, or he, he took that home. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on, uh, on the Pro Circuit team rolling into uh, the winter? Well, Mitch always has a power pack team. March Banks is he's gonna be good outdoors. He could probably get some overalls or not overalls, but some moto wins. Um he'll be, be on the podium from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um five weeks ago, four weeks ago, I would have said Forkner was probably my favorite. Um at this point. Hey man, with what happened? You died. I don't know. And now you're interrupting oh. us. Oh, sorry, my phone completely cut out. Uh, I, clearly, um, clearly, it's it's a Wisconsin thing. I bl- I blame the Packers. Yeah, go go right ahead. So, is that how I end this phone call? Yeah, I'm done. Fair so enough. I think AC is clearly the the power power player of the team. 
and he is one of my title favorites. So I'll I'll give you my rundown later in this pod on yep. who I think will be there. But as far as the Kawasaki team, I would say it's got to be on AC shoulders. Absolutely, it has to be. He's going to carry the flag. I think the other guys will uh, um, will sort of. Um, they, they might have like a. I, I think a high water mark for both uh, for for both guys is the the bottom step of the podium. A third, I expect Garrett Marchbanks to nip at the heels and uh, and maybe a top five guy. Uh, Two fifty wise, I don't ever remember Mar- Martin Davalos being that strong outdoors. I realize that he got uh, podiums on a four fifty, um, but I think if you look back at the results from that particular season and the the races where he was in the top uh, that that third spot, I don't know that he was beating the uh, the the best of the best of the best doing so. So uh, I, I'm I'm reserving judgment until we see a couple of rounds from Martin Davalos. He he's been he's been good, Marty. He's been very questionable, Marty, throughout 2019 so far. So it depends on who shows up. Um, what about the Yamahas, Matt? Um, you're a guy who who's worked on some Yamahas yourself. You've owned Yamahas, raced them both 250s uh, and 125s, and uh, I know you like yourself some Dylan Ferrandez. Tell me about the Star Racing uh, Yamaha team. Well, Ferrandez is another one of my picks for the the title. Um, for that team, I think he's the only one that has got the potential. Now, Justin Cooper, I've seen him at race at Loretta's. The kid is, I mean, he's fast. And he will get moto wins, but I, I don't think he can put it together for the entire season. No way. What, what, what uh, do you think about that, Dave? Uh, I'm going to have to agree. I think I think the kid's absolute beast. I mean, we've, we've seen it. Um, you know, this season, a little bit at the end of last season, um, very, very quick. He's a little more seasoned because um, he came into the uh, the pros a little bit older than some of his competition, um, but, you know, when they went pro. So um, I, I think he's, he's good for a moto win. I think he's good for some podiums and definitely to be uh, definitely be in the mix. But I don't think he has what it takes to put together a really solid 24 moto ca- um, campaign against guys like an AC or Ferrandis or some of these guys that are a little bit more prominent or have that title already. So, um, yeah, it's going to be tough for him for sure. No, Let's absolutely. Not forget, we got EV and Ferrandis' corner. That, yes, that right there is like a power duo. Yeah, no, that, that that's a like having a great riding coach and someone who's in your corner literally speaks your language. Pardon the pun um, to uh, to really help you along. Uh, my question to you two, starting with Dave, um, who's going to be uh, the, the like? Yamaha is stocked full of talent. We don't totally know what we have with Colt Nichols. We've seen Moto wins out of Justin Cooper. But who establishes themselves as the second best guy under the star tent this year? Uh, you got three guys with their numbers in the 30s. That means you got talent, the guys that were on the on the rise uh, from last year, especially because last year I think Colt missed some motos uh, due to injury. So you've got some serious talent on that team. Uh, I would fully expect uh, both Justin Cooper and Colt Nichols to fight tooth and nail for positions all summer. Matt, uh, I, I agree with that too, man. Honestly, uh, if, I, if, if you had to really press me for it, I do want to say that uh, I think Colt was going to have a better uh, first really? initial run, kind of like we saw in Supercross. But I think Cooper is going to be the guy that that is like that that second tier, like that backup support guy for the Yamaha crew. Um, I think he's just got a little bit more gumption in him right now. 
Um, he's able to hold it, hold it, you know, a little bit more on the ragged edge a little bit because he's, you know, a little bit younger guy and a little bit newer to the class. So mm-hmm. I think Justin's going to assert himself there, but I think it's going to take him just a race or two to kind of to kind of show that, um, you know, if, if, if history is any indication of what we can expect. So, um, yeah, don't count out Cooper, man. He's going to be in the mix. I don't see him as a, as a title contender, but I do see him as a guy that is going to be there the entire season and really assert himself as that next guy in the, in the blue crew. Matt Weller, do you disagree? I do not disagree. Um, I think both will have their coast. I think Cooper will be good on the East Coast, and I think that uh, the Midwest races, the West Coast races, I think you'll see uh, Nichols shine. Um, when it comes mm-hmm. down to the end of this, Star is going to have all three of their guys in the top ten, unless there's some sort of a catastrophic issue. But um, I think Star's got a you know power pack team. Absolutely, and zero love for Mitchell Oldenburg, who, uh, it, with all honesty, has not showed any real signs of life uh, as far as uh, outdoors goes. I don't think he has a podium uh, finish in uh, in his career, which uh, which is and he's coming off of an injury riddled 2018, uh, and honestly, 2019 hasn't been. Sterling for him either. He's shown speed. He's shown he's he's. I believe he has a second place or at least a podium in Supercross. But he's also rolling in with uh, a nasty burn on his ass, which um, like 14 days for a, a burn like that. Like it's for sure will still be healing and probably may, maybe in the most painful part of the healing process on a spot like that. I don't uh, um, envy him whatsoever rolling into this uh, outdoor season. Um, I think some good rides, some speed, good qualifying, but uh, like, I mean, he's fighting for a job. Let's not let's not uh, forget that he's racing to uh, to stay on that team. He's he's racing to stay ahead of guys like uh, Jacob Hayes and uh, and and Hart Ramp, who are on who are kind of in that uh, Yamaha uh, kind of feeder system. Uh, so he'll 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 be uh, coming to play every single weekend. But uh, I don't see him. Finishing ahead of his three teammates, so uh, that therein lies his challenge: is is not only sticking himself out of the herd from the rest of the class, but also uh, putting uh, making a name for himself on his own team. Let's switch gears a little bit over to uh, the big red monster, the, probably the the most talented team on paper uh, at the track right now. We'll be rolling in with uh, last year's race winner in uh, in RJ Hampshire, the 31 machine. You got your two, 250 East Supercross champion in Chase Sexton. Uh, a bit of, like, maybe the most talented guy, basically just on, like, bike skill and just looks good on a motorcycle uh, in, in Christian Craig, although he's been a complete Band-Aid and hasn't been able to stay healthy for a number of years and quish, uh, and with injuries always become, always comes fitness questions as whether or not he's going to be able to hold on all summer long and then uh, the biggest question mark in there but again super talented he might come out and co- go 1-1 at uh, at Hangtown is Hunter Lawrence uh, starting with Matt let's break down the Hondas um, these guys are coming to play they're coming to race and uh, another team that's going to struggle to figure out who the fastest guy under that particular tent is well, when I heard that Geico was going to bring Hunter Lawrence to over last year, I automatically said he's a title favor for 2019. That go. kid is remarkable. Um, I watched him at Red Bud at Designation. He was on fire. Um, you can't you can't count out any of those guys on that team. 
Um, WW Ranch, I call Hampshire right now. The rest of the season, it's just going to be, you know, flip a coin. Any one of those guys could win any single day. I like it. No, absolutely, they can, and uh, and I think that there's a good chance that you see uh, those guys uh, nipping at each other's heels and stealing points from each other. Um, and uh, and I ask you this, Dave. Uh, I know you're you're uh, you're a sober uh, of the th- you're the, probably the most sober out of the three of us on the phone call. Uh, in fact, probably right now and in in in, in general in life, I I, I I think that when the two of you were at Redbud watching it. Um, watching the the motocross donations, Matt Weller may have been watching Hunter Lawrence with that thousand yard stare that uh, eight to ten beers will provide for you. You yourself were stone sober. What did you see from Hunter Lawrence? Oh man, the guy was. Uh, you know, I, I I agree with Matt. Man, the guy was just on rails, super fast. Um, I, I told you. I mean, he looked like he was on a 450 against these guys because that's how good he was riding. He's on a 250. Um, he didn't seem to crack under the pressure, and he had a lot, a lot of it riding on him. I mean, you're racing for your country. Um, you're racing for bragging rights. You're racing for pride. Um, and, and the guy was like a stud. I mean, he rode this track very, very well. Yeah, you can make the argument that Red Bud wasn't the same Red Bud, blah, blah, blah. But, um, I mean, for a kid to come over on a track that he really doesn't know, he's not really familiar with, and ride like that against some of the best riders we've ever seen ever in the history of the sport um it, it's it says a lot and i think he's going to come out and surprise a lot of people coming from the gp series his focus for a number of years has only been motocross this is his forte this is his specialty um he's only had eyes for this stuff so um he's going to come with a lot of with, with a really good support um a lot of experience just totally focused on outdoors a lot of talent um he's going to be fresh he, he hasn't had a whole supercross campaign to beat him up and to kind of get him jaded and stuff like that so um, I'm excited to see what happens, man. This guy, this guy could come out and really do some damage. Really put us on, put us in on the on the map and and check these guys. So I'm excited, man. I really hope he lives to the potential that a lot of people say that he has. Yeah, we saw him in uh, the nations, but kind of a one-off deal. Really, really excited to see uh, what happens, man. He could really be a superstar and uh, and crush this thing. Oh yeah, I think that there's uh, it, it's going to be pretty good uh, as far as uh, his coming in here and, and just showing off that talent. The only thing that I think that he may struggle with, like you said on our Instagram Live, is that he uh, unfamiliar with a lot of these tracks and also um, unfamiliar with the basically the, the American program as far as qualifying goes. Obviously, they don't have the qualifying race. Um, just that, just go out there and throw down a lap. Maybe not totally in his... Uh, his, his strengths, but also he's a young kid. Those guys like to twist the throttle and just go fast for a lap sometimes. So uh, maybe that's not even an issue for him whatsoever. Uh, Matt, is like we're, we're going to break this down, but as far as rolling into round one, uh, where do you find uh, Hunter Lawrence uh, at, at the end of uh, Saturday's races? Podium. Podium? Ooh, I like it. Podium, yeah. Mm. Um he, he's one of my title favors. Um, like, when we started this, my my top three guys, AC, Ferrandis, and Lawrence, those are the three guys I think are going to take the title. Fair enough. Those guys will make the decision of who wants it more, who's going to execute every Saturday going to the last round. Um, 
Let's switch over to Team Suzuki. It's a long list of guys. I don't know how we're going to get through it all, but Alex Martin, the number 26 for JGR. Um, he's a lone stable um, mate for uh, the JGR team on a 250. Um, although they, they, they say they've made huge strides with that motorcycle, it's taken uh, some leaps and bounds. They talk about getting good starts on it. We've seen guys get good starts on it. Um, but uh, last year it was probably, although second in points, I believe he's second in points, maybe third in points, uh, at the end of the at the end of the year, um, a really up and down season for Amart. Uh, like uh, races where he was leading and then things go wrong. Like like had a, a stretch of uh, of motos in the middle of the season where he couldn't stay off the ground at least for like even small get offs and stuff like that. Um, Matt, what do you expect from uh, from from Alex Martin? Like he was sort of a rising star in the sport. Has he sort of plateaued, and then uh, maybe we start to see him uh, decline a little bit? Yes and no. I see him having a better season this year, just in consistency wise. But I think he's going to be just outside the top five this year. Um, he's going to have his good races. Obviously, Millville, you expect him to be on the podium, if not win. Um, I'm not taking anything away from the JGR team. Great team. Great bike, in my opinion. I love the Suzuki. But compared to everything else, I, I feel like they got their backs against the wall. Yeah. I think he really does. I think... Uh... No, I, I like as far as technology and just resources. I think they straight up are at a disadvantage to the the rest of the OEMs. It's not a slight on Alex whatsoever. I think he just doesn't have as much at his beck and call as the guy, the guys at Cowie, Honda, Yamaha, KTM, or Husky are, are concerned. It's just not the case. Um, and, and for that for that reason, I think that. Uh, um, I think he takes a bit of a step backwards this year. I think I, I see him outside the top three in points for the first time in a number of years, um, and I, I don't see any. Uh, I see I see podiums. Uh, he's got speed. And he's definitely got uh, fitness, but I, I definitely uh, I see him being a little bit off the pace um, and somewhere uh, maybe on the tail end of the top five as far as points go. Uh, and with that, we move over to the Orange Machines, uh, probably the biggest uh, team. That the, they'll be be sent to uh, the nationals, and they need a good uh, outdoor season because Supercross was not awesome whatsoever. The TLD KTM squad, led by Shane McElrath, number twelve, he's coming off of a back injury. Ch- uh, uh, Jordan Smith coming off a wrist injury, which we know is not still not one hundred percent. Otherwise, we probably would have saw him suit up for one of the last Supercross races um, with the team ailing the way it was. Um, Sean Cantrell, we've talked about his his uh, his career at nauseum on this podcast. Uh, we'll see what happens with with his career, whether or not he can uh, grab life by the horns uh, and actually move forward with this and actually and and and, and justify his spot on a factory squad. Uh, hasn't seen too many signs of life from him in 2019, even though he has dealt with injuries. Mitchell Falk. Uh, same idea. I think uh, he's an unproven rookie, and did and uh, and Derek Drake. So, uh, Matt, where do you start with this team? I guess you start with the top of the heap in uh, in Shane McElrath. Um, 
time will tell. But uh, like he's shown speed. He like Washugo last year. Holy crap! But um, I find Shane McElrath. Sometimes you're like holy crap, and then other times you're like, was Shane there this weekend? Yeah, it's that that team this year is it's mind blowing. I I really expected more out of the entire team in Supercross, and it was really lackluster. I I, I kind of feel like they're going to have a hangover into the outdoors. Um, Jordan Smith, in my opinion, is probably going to be a little bit better than the rest of the team, but yeah, you can never count out Shane. I mean, he's a solid guy week in and week out. It just they've got just string of bad luck. It seems like, and I, I I'd hate to see something happen to any of those guys because I think they're all talented. But I just I think that that hangover, that bad luck, is just still on their side for whatever reason, and I don't know what it is. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I have to agree. I I, I do think that uh, that Smith is going to be the guy that probably goes the fastest. The only thing I will say is that he's a little bit more inconsistent than his counterpart in uh, Shane McElrath. McElrath is, you know, extremely fast. Um, you know, any given weekend he could be, you know, top three in speed, um, but he's able to sustain that for not only that same race day, but for a string of races. Um, you know, he doesn't seem to be able to get the job in when it comes down to like that, you know, three-quarter mark when it's time to really make that extra push and even when you have a bad race to really ride super aggressively to maximize your points, I think he kind of falters in that area. Um, but I think McElrath is going to be the guy that's, um, you know, a little bit higher in points. Again, maybe not the fastest. Maybe Smith kind of has that little, uh, you know, tenth here, two tenth, five tenths here, whatever it is. Um, but I do think um, I do think Shane's going to be the guy that people are looking at as the the leader um, for for KTM. So. Um, it, it's going to be tough for him for sure. I mean, we say about a lot of guys, but going up against a guy like Ferrandis and AC and Lawrence and even someone like an RJ and stuff, it's it's really gonna gonna make him uh, have to work for it. He's really gonna have to make sure his starts are incredible. I don't think that this is an issue, but he's really gonna have to get out of his comfort zone a little bit and kind of ride over his head sometimes. Um, where we see guys like uh, like a McElrath, um or like a almost like a Sexton too, he kind of he's the fault for this. Um, when it's time to really ride that super, super on the edge aggressive um, way, you don't really see it from them, and that can kind of uh, bite them in the ass sometimes. And that's when you start seeing the points get sort of stretch out sometimes. So, I'd be really interested to see if they can get the job done this year and uh, and really, really give these guys a run for their money. We haven't really seen a KTM up front in a little bit, so it'd be uh, it'd be nice to see that outdoors. I think you're totally uh, on on the spot right there. Uh, from the two rookies, what do you two expect from uh, Mitchell Falk and uh, and Derek Drake? Falk we saw briefly for a few motos at the end of last year. Uh, didn't earn enough points to get a national number. So it basically tells you kind of how that went for him. Um, some proving ground for both these guys. What do you think, Matt? Well, I watched them both race Loretta's their final year. Uh, both guys have a ton of talent but just not not for sure they were ready for the rookie year um i expect this year is going to be better for the both of them uh i would probably put my money on Derek drake but uh i mean it's you roll the dice um 24 motos it's a long season so anything can happen uh, i think a couple more years both of those guys are going to be front runners 
I, I think they definitely have the ability to uh, acclimate themselves um, because they've got two guys in their team who sort of uh, share the spotlight. They can sort of uh, behind the scenes quietly just get themselves ready. You know, they got the, a, a great training program with Tyler Rattray down in Florida. They'll be fit. They'll be ready to go. Uh, and I think that those two might be uh, like your surprise of the year might come out of one of those two guys um, sort of coming in, f- flying under the radar, finishing off uh, this um, this phone call for the 250s with uh, with the Husky team led by uh, the 36 machine of Michael Moseman, uh, brother of um, Motocross Actions ed- editor. Uh, what's, his, what's the other Moseman's name? Rick? No. Uh, Josh Moseman. Um, honestly, all three of these guys need to prove something this year. Uh, and, and based on how Supercross went for uh, Cummington, uh, like, I really don't know what we're going to see. Like, obviously the guy won, uh, won GPs last year or finished up front at GPs, so he's got some serious skills outdoors. But it, uh, he hasn't raced a lot of these races. Um and I, I honestly, I like um, it, it. Really raises some questions, uh, Dave. What do you expect from the Husky guys, led by uh, Moseman? Yeah, Bailey in there, who uh, ended up 14th in points last year, I believe. Had some up and down motos. Never really had like that, like holy crap, look at Jordan Bailey go uh, moment. But then, yeah, then you got Big Air Tom Covington uh, rounding out your your Husky squad. Uh, maybe not as as powerful as uh, as. Zach Osborne was on that team, but uh, they're 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 going to come to play. Yeah, I think those guys are going to have um, pretty uh, pretty decent seasons. I don't think Bailey's shown us enough in the past to really say that he's going to you know stand out and you know nab a bunch of top fives and stuff. Uh, I think fitness comes into question with Bailey. Um, he's still really still you know what behind the year, still pretty green. Um, but yeah, I, we haven't really seen uh, enough to say yeah, this is going to be a growing year for him, or um, yeah, he's going to be able to knock out some some good finishes. He's kind of hovered around that uh, sort of eleventh, thirteenth, tenth kind of spot. So um, for me to say he's going to do any better than that, man, it's it's, it's going to be tough. Uh, I am excited to see what Covington can do. Um, you know, he's He's ridden the GPs. He was super solid there. Still inconsistent here and there, um, but I think he, he's really going to come into his own when he uh, when he hits outdoors. I don't think Supercross is really truly his forte. No, um, not at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, anyone could argue that. I think I think he's going to be solid. I don't think he's going to uh, be a title contender, but I do think he's going to be a threat in terms of. Um, adding a little bit more parity to the class, uh, being a spoiler here or there. I could see him nabbing off some um, some podiums here or there, uh, definitely some top fives, maybe even leading for a little bit. But I don't see him as being um, that one person that could, you know, dethrone the rest. So, um, yeah, it, it's for, for most of them, I, I do think he's a solid guy. I, I would I would just suspect he's, you know, top seven, top five, podium here maybe, um, maybe mixing up with those guys up front. But – Main main theme is I don't think the Husky guys have really really shown, hey you know we're just as prominent as the Yamaha guys or hey you don't cut don't cut us out we're just as good as the keep the Cali uh, guys or KTM guys. Uh, I think this this could be a season for them to be, maybe make that name for themselves. But until we see it after the first couple or first half of the season or something like that, um, it's going to be hard to count these guys in since they really haven't had those flashes of brilliance that we've seen from other teams. 
Yeah, Matt, I, I can't uh, really argue with Dave too much there. Um, it, this is this is a, a really talented group of, of 250 guys, and I think there's going to be more than a few motos where the entire Husky team is outside the top ten. Yeah, I I can't I can't think of one of those guys that's going to be a a title threat or even a, like a you know a, a top five. Um, Covington, I think, if we get a really rough, nasty track, there's a chance for him to take a podium spot. Um, I don't, I don't see him taking any wins. I, I would like to say he could, he could get in, you know, like a Unadilla, you know, sneak in there and take a, a win. But I, I just don't see it. Um, after watching the Supercross season, he's got a lot to prove to me. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. It's uh, big question marks over there at Husky. Three three guys that I, I think Tom might have two year deal, but most I think uh, Mosman and Bailey are both uh, on contract years, so they got to produce. Um, Dave knows the answer to this question. Matt, you maybe don't. Uh, do you know how many guys we just talked about in the two hundred and fifty class and, uh, that have factory support? I do not. There's twenty of them. And we got about seven of them that can be in the top three. I know. Yeah, no. And and, and all 20 of them are expected to be in the top 10. Um, there's going to be somebody rolling out of Hangtown who is uh, not only disappointed in himself, but also had a, has a team manager uh, who has who's got some choice words for him as well. Um, this will be interesting. This will be monumental. I think this is maybe the deepest... Um, the the deepest this this field has ever been. We didn't even talk about Rock River Yamaha's uh, Heart Ramp or Hayes. I honestly see those guys sort of fitting in somewhere in between the uh, the nine through fifteen range. I think that that's like g- generously putting where those guys should be. Uh, it, this will be really really interesting uh, as the, it unfolds. Uh, before we switch over to the 450s, we're going to throw it to commercial. Then we'll, we'll, we'll do we'll do a full rundown on the 450s. Um, Dave, who is your uh, championship winner? Give me your top three for uh, the title. For 250s? Yes, we're still on 250s. Thank you for joining us. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure. You see what your 450 first. Second, but, uh, man, I honestly, this one's going to be tough, but... I'm going to have to go with uh, my guy, Ferrandis. Um, I think he's going to ride a, a total wave of confidence. Um, and that bike is just so solid. I mean, you can't count the guy out. Just, he's, he's, a, he's a wizard outdoors. I'm going to have to say close to him, though, is going to be AC. I definitely want to give AC the, the top knot on this one. But after that devastating loss in Supercross, the guy could be a, a, a mental case. So, you know, that's that's really up in the air. And then I'm going to have to say that it's going to be uh, Hunter Lawrence, man. Just on sheer potential and speed alone, he may have a little bit of an issue with consistency, but the guy is going to be an absolute ace when it comes to laying down some fast laps. So if I had to, if I had to call it, I'm going to stamp it there. Well, there you go. Matt, we, I know you sort of ran it down for us, but... Yeah, yeah those, those are my same top three. Who is your, who's your biggest surprise and your biggest disappointment who are you asking that question of both of you fair enough i'll field it first biggest disappointment i think 
Uh, I will be severely disappointed in Colt Nichols if he's not uh, top six in points this year. I think he's got fitness. I think he's got speed. And uh, if he can stay consistent, he can be top six in points. If that's not if, if that's not the case, be severely disappointed in uh, in Colt Nichols. Um, so saying that, I I think he's uh, he, he should be there. Um, the biggest disappointment I think this year, I sort of alluded to it, is going to be Alex Martin. I think he he takes a massive step back from last year. Maybe he proves me completely wrong, but that's sort of what I think. What about you, Dave? Ooh, I'm going to have to agree with the disappointment being Amar. And I'm not saying disappointment where he's going to be like 15th or something. I just think he's not going to be uh, on the top of the podium very much. I think he's going to be your fifth, fourth, uh, sixth, maybe a second here or there that type of guy. Just kind of be just shy of um, of where he needs to be. Um, as far as someone that's really going to be an eye-opener or something that's going to you know, really shock a lot of people in a positive way, um, hmm. That one's tough. I mean, we've seen so much of it already <laughs> through, through the first half of the year. Um, I think it's going to be uh, things going to be RJ, and not by a huge margin. I think RJ is going to kind of sort of iron out a little bit of the inconsistency and maybe be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more dialed in with his like fourth and third place finishes. So I think he's going to surprise some people with um, just how solid he is. But I mean, again, I don't see him as being a title contender, but I do see him as being a little bit better than people expect. Fair enough. Matt, uh, we've already stole all the good ones, but maybe you got something under the hood. My biggest surprise is going to be Christian Craig. Um, I think he's got a lot left in the tank. He's a good, solid rider. If he's coming in healthy, I think he can surprise some people. I mean, that bike has got some power. It's a good platform. He gels well with the team. He gels well with the bike. Um, he would be my biggest surprise. Um, my biggest disappointment is going to be Amart. And wow. again, I I I like Amart. Probably one of my favorite guys on the the, the two fifty side of things. But I just I I don't think that bike has what it needs to to turn heads. Yeah, it's a, it's a horsepower battle in the four fifty class or two fifty class, or rather. We know that. We know that the the RM is, and we've sucked in whole shots last year with Jimmy Dakotas, but uh, starts honestly, it might not be enough. Like I think it, what it really comes down to is uh, corner to corner, being able to to jump those big jumps. Like, yeah, I think of those uh, your uh, the fly one hundred and fifty jumps, the the Rocco's leaps that he's gonna like. If that's an X factor for him, if he's not able to do that jump. Um, week after week, uh, that could be a huge disadvantage for him. And, uh, and that, and the fact that you like mentally, if you're going to the line, not thinking that you got a fire, fire breather underneath you, or your bike's not as fast as the Yamaha or something like that, that's got to wear on you. And I think that for that reason, uh, he probably has his worst summer on record. Uh, and that's a huge bummer. Uh, boys, let's, uh, let's throw it to commercial break right now here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. We're right back after these messages from Medterra, CBD, as well as uh, Maximus in there. And I believe Fly Racing should be in there as well. If it's not, uh, go buy some Fly Racing gear. But uh, we'll be right back on the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Medterra CBD. We'll be right back. Hey, Big MX listeners. Thanks for listening to this episode. Check out these commercials, support our sponsors. We'll be right back to the show. Thanks for listening. 
Hey, Big MX listeners, let's talk a little bit about Sick Wicks Candles. Sick Wicks is the small business that you may not have heard of so far, and that's why they're on the show right now. That's why we need to get you informed. Soy-based candles are phenomenal. They're not made with the same harmful chemicals that a paraffin wax candle are made from, and the scents are unbelievable. You need to check these out. The Morning Moto smells like coffee. The Privateer smells like beer, as it should. All these awesome candles, you got to check them out. They're motocross, dedicated, and uh, they, they, they burn nice and clean. they got that wood wick that sounds awesome. It pops and crackles just like a real fire. And uh, it's going to make your garage smell better. It's going to make your living room smell better. And if you take them into the bedroom, don't tell me about it, but enjoy it. You're going to love these candles, and you can find them at sickwicks.com. Head there right now. Enjoy them, and you're going to love them. Absolutely. Check them out. Only recently have the health benefits of CBD products been acknowledged by the masses. CBD is every bit as powerful as it is misunderstood. In the past, we've known so little about a vital system that exists in every single one of us. Medterra CBD products promote wellness and overall improved health so that you can be your very best each day. A passionate and dedicated staff have developed an impressive lineup of CBD products which help as a sleep aid, an anti-inflammatory, and for pain relief. Why choose Medterra CBD? Medterra CBD products are of the highest quality, purity tests are done extremely frequently, and their responsive and dedicated customer care team will guide you through your CBD journey. For more information or to browse Medterra CBD's products, please visit www.medterracbd.com. Dot com. Medterra CBD. Our CBD, your health. Since 1979, Maxima USA has changed lubrication. Industry-leading products have equated to hundreds of championships wherever quality lubricants are needed. Maxima has built a reputation for great quality by earning lifelong customers one at a time. Customers who trust in the complete lineup of products from Maxima USA. From our flagship Castor 927 mixing oil to our famous SC1 and the full array of market-leading products, Maxima has what you need on the track and in the garage. Maxima racing oils are proudly made in the USA. For more information, visit www.maximausa.com. Big MX listeners, Supercross season is coming, and that means the return of the collective experience. Nobody brings you closer. Nobody gives you an exclusive experience where you are part of a privateer's racing program throughout the day. I'm talking pre-race strategy, filming practice sessions, talking about the racetrack, meeting the riders, getting cool swag, getting to hang out with guys like Dave Drakes, getting to hang out with guys like me at the track. It's an awesome program, and the money goes right back to the privateers. You're actually supporting their racing program, and you get a really cool experience. Check it out, Google. The collective experience, first thing that pops up, you can check out their intern program. You can check out all that fun stuff. You guys need to get on this program. Check it out. You can, like, Collective EX, I believe, on Instagram. Uh, The Collective XP is their uh, website, I believe. Check them out. The Collective Experience. Dave Drake's over there. Great friend of mine, and he wants you guys to be part of this program. Check it out. Can't wait to see you there. The Collective Experience. A proud sponsor of the Big MX Radio Podcast. 
What's up, Big MX Radio listeners? I can't thank you enough for listening to this episode of the Big MX Radio podcast. It means so much to me that you guys would take time out of your day to listen to the podcast. Hopefully you're entertained. Hopefully you guys find some information that you didn't already get from another podcast. And uh, if you guys have any requests whatsoever on content you'd like to see on the Big MX Radio podcast, please send me either a direct message on Instagram. If you're not already following, I hope you do. It's bradgebhart88 on Instagram. And you can also find me via email, bradgebhart88 at gmail.com. Hit me up in the DMs. And uh, thank you again for listening to these uh, really important commercials. Uh, We do our best to uh, plug our sponsors. And I hope that you guys support our sponsors like Medterra CBD as well as uh, Maxima Racing Oils and uh, Fly Racing is coming on soon and uh, really looking forward to that. So thanks again for listening to the Big MX Radio podcast. Garrett, Dale, all, all my good friends that are listening, I really appreciate you guys uh, making the time to listen to the podcast and uh, thanks again and uh, let's get back to the show. And we're back, Big MX Radio podcast. We're talking 450s. We're previewing the championship series between the top riders in the world, unless uh, you, you argue that uh, the the GPs has those guys. But uh, those guys were slogged in the mud this last weekend. We're talking Lucas Oil, Pro Motocross, AMA Nationals, kicking off this weekend in Hangtown, California, just outside of, uh, of Sacramento. Uh, I won't be there. Dave, you'll probably be there because you go to all these damn races. I don't know how you can afford it, but uh, you, you find a, a way. Matt Weller will be watching from his uh, NBC Sports Gold app in Iowa. Uh, looking forward to cheering on his, his beloved Hawkeyes. And, um, yeah, boys, 450 class, premier class. Uh, let's start with uh, last year's champ, Eli Tomac. Matt, who the heck shows up? Are we is the outdoor phenom the guy who's won uh, who won his first ever outdoor race uh, at Hangtown uh, a number of years ago? I believe that was two thousand and ten. That oh nine oh yeah oh nine uh, or no ten. That's ten. Uh, Eli Tomac comes in and, and wins his his uh, championship or wins his first ever ever race as a as I trip over my own tongue right now. Um, who shows up? That the lights out outdoor rider that wins back to back championships, or um, fumble on the plate, Eli Tomahek himself, who hates his motorcycle, has weirdo crashes, DNFs, and everything else that we've seen in Supercross this year. I think Tomac shows up. I think that bike is better suited outdoors. I just I don't think that bike works well for Supercross. Um, it's unfortunate that he has done what he's done in Supercross, but I think he is my my hands down title favor for this year, and he's got something to prove, and I think he's going to do it. There you go, Dave. Uh, why is Matt wrong, or why is Matt right? No, he's right, man. Um, I, I definitely agree with the, with the bike setup that uh, Eli's bike is definitely better suited for outdoors. Um, we could see him just kind of fighting the chassis a lot um, through some sections, especially when he, you know, trying to hop through the whoops like some of, this, uh, some of the KTM guys, and the bike just wasn't responding that well. Um, I think he he's in redemption mode. I think he's uh, a little bit bummed about. I mean, if anyone would have to be a little bit bummed about not winning that Supercross title, winning an uh, underdog like Super Web kind of best in time and time again. So I think he's going to be out for blood. I think he's going to uh, get his program dialed and. Um, three-peat here um, in outdoors. 
Uh, he likes the tracks. Um, I definitely think he's going to gel better with the bike. And um, it's just it's his style of riding. It's his style of track, just wide open, um, just complete sand, bulldog in the track. This is this is his deal. This is what he's comfortable doing, and it's hard to bet against a guy like that. Fair enough. Well, what what do you guys uh, 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 expect from his teammate Joey Savacci? Uh, 450 Rookie of the Year, uh, pretty impressive showing, uh, had some decent rides, decent qualifying, uh, he's held the points outdoors on a 250. Matt, what do you expect from Joey Savacci? I see him well outside the top five. Um, I'm, I'm, there's too many other people in this, in this series <laughs> that I think are better, and I his rookie year on a 450 outdoors, I just I don't think he's going to be able to put it together. Um, 24 motos, it's a long season, and uh, I'm going to say he's going to be just just above top 10 coming in into the year. Fair enough. I think uh, I think I think you're not too far off, Dave. What are your thoughts? Um. Devontae's a tough one. I mean, he could either be, yeah, I'm, you know, battling for the top four, top three, um, or outside the top thirteen, something like that. You know, it, he he could go either way. Um, I I know he's got great stamina. We've seen it when he raced outdoors in the two fifty, but I don't, I don't think he's used to riding that bigger four fifty against this type of talent um, on these rougher outdoor tracks. So I think we're going to see a little bit of the stamina thing from him, um, but. Yeah, it's it's tough to say that he's going to be consistently breaking the top five down there. It, it's really tough for me to say, and I, I kind of picture him around that eighth, seventh, ninth, tenth kind of spot. And um, if he does any better than that, then I'd say it was a pretty good season because not not many people I think have him uh, doing much better than that. Moving over to the uh, the Yamaha team, which is, uh, for lack of better words, a tire fire. Um, Justin Barsha, he's got speed, he's got skills, he won the last race of the year, albeit a mutter. He's coming off wrist injuries, of which have held him back all season long, except for, of course, first race of the year when he won. Uh, and also, uh, Dean Ferris is coming up, coming over, who is a huge question mark, although uh, last time we saw him, he rode pretty well. I believe that was, uh, was that Washoot? No. Was that uh, High Point? Or Unadilla? It was High Point. Uh, it was one of those. Yeah, I think High Point sounds right. High Point was that last year? I think it was last year. Uh, second in a moto, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, pretty damn good result for a one-time deal. Maybe that transcends into success of over the season long. Uh, either way, I think he's going to sort of maybe be uh, the thorn of the side of somebody who's uh, cha- chasing a championship. Uh, Dave, what do you expect from uh, from the guys in blue? 20, uh, 2020. Uh, I think Barsha is going to be really, really good, especially when the track gets um, super gnarly, like a Southwick or um, something like a like a mutter. Um, I, I think that's that's when Barsha kind of shines. He can kind of hold it wide open and be a little bit more floaty and flowy. And I think he he really shines at those gnarly tracks like that. Um, I, I don't see him um, being able to give Tomac or like a Moose get a run for it unless you have uh, conditions like that. Uh, he, he's super good, but um, yeah, I, I don't think he has that class leading, uh, just that prowess that he that he exuded uh, a little uh, little bit ago, a couple of years ago. Yeah, he's almost a little bit of supercross, but 
Um, I don't know. I just don't see that happening. I, I do see him doing pretty decent in finishes at some top threes possibly, but um, I don't see him like nailing off any wins. Um, as far as his, uh, his <laughs> nail-in teammate, uh, I, I, I think he can be super, uh, super solid. Um, I kind of, I would put him maybe 10, 9th, 8th for, for a few rounds once he kind of gets the season going, a couple of races. But, um, yeah, I, I don't see Yami as being that that team that has, uh, the, you know, the stranglehold on the, on the, uh, the competition. I see them as being solid, but um, just that pretty much. Yeah, no, I, I uh, tend to agree with you, Matt. Um, are we going to see much life from the Yamaha team, or are they going to be basically putting in the mo- uh, going through the motions, including uh, their uh, their rookie uh, Aaron Plessinger, who has a few setbacks. He likely won't be ready until after the break after Colorado, and uh, even though he's last year's outdoor champ. Um, with the back injury that he sustained in December and the heel injury, we really don't know what we're going to get from him when we come back. Um, what uh, what are your sort of expectations from the guys in blue this year? Pretty lackluster. I can see Barsha getting a, a Unadilla win. Um, I could see healthy um, Plessinger, you know, rallying off a couple couple good finishes at Crawfordsville, you know, a, a race win, maybe a podium. I don't yeah, know about podium it overall, moto. but yeah, um, I'm just, I'm not expecting a lot out of the blue crew this year. Um, it's unfortunate, but I just, I think there's too many other um, good guys, good teams, healthy riders out there to, uh, to be able to turn in a lot of good results. I totally agree with you guys. Um, it's going to be interesting and probably uh, a long summer for those guys because it's not the most optimistic. Uh, Honda-wise, uh, I think you have just about as many question marks, although maybe a little bit more top-end talent from both guys uh, and probably a lot more expectations on both rolling into uh, 2019 summer. Uh, Ken Roxon has just been downright puzzling for the last few weeks and, uh, and admittingly, uh, Cole Seeley has, uh, has struggled to get back to where he wants to be fitness-wise all season long. Being behind the eight ball in fitness is not where you want to be going into outdoors. Cole Seeley definitely will be dealing with that. I think that puts him uh, toward the back half of the top ten as far as the uh, uh, this 450 class is considered. And uh, for Ken Roxon, uh, if things continue the way they've been, him being a top five guy rather than a, a championship contending guy... Um, it's uh, I think he's he's in for maybe a really short summer or a really long one. Depends. What do you, uh, uh, Matt? I know uh, you're a fan of all things red. Uh, you've even built some red machines over the years. What do you expect from Team Honda? Oh man, that you're putting me on the spot. I yeah, uh, that's what we do here. Whole, we the ask whole... the tough questions. <laughs> Roxon's issue right now is kind of unknown um he's either gonna come out and do what he does and just rattle off race wins or he's gonna struggle and he's gonna finish outside the top 10 um i think cole seeley is gonna be good and i think cole seeley might actually beat Roxon in points by the end of the season um what was he third or fourth overall last year 
I think Cole Seeley's got it um, for the Honda team. Um, it's just a big question mark right now with what's going on with Rocks, and, and it's unfortunate because he should be a championship contender, but we just don't know. No, I, I think, uh, yeah, like maybe he comes out at the first couple of rounds, totally shocks us all. He's got a bet, way better setup uh, outdoors, perhaps. He is a former champion in this class, but um, with the injuries he's he sustained and sort of the lack of momentum we've seen from him, I have some serious doubts. Um, Dave, you're the eternal optimist. Maybe you can shed some light on this uh, cloudy situation over on uh, the, uh, the Honda sideline. Yeah, um, this one's this one's tough for me too, man. Um, for some reason, I I do see Cole Sealy having a solid season. Um, I'm not 100% on board with him kind of killing Roxon and points by the end of the season, but I do think he's going to be a lot more solid and more, more consistent. Um, I I I could see Cole being the guy that's you know fifth, fourth, um, you know podiums here and there, maybe like a sixth and stuff like that. Um, and just, just being like that solid second tier rider. I think Ken is going to have an up and down season. Um, if, if, if Supercross is any indication, the guy's going to come out, um, maybe take some time to get warmed up, maybe a race or two, and then he's going to, you know, have some gnarly battles up front. Then he's, you know, next race he might be in seventh, working his way back up through the pack to a fourth, and just sort of all over the place like that. I don't see him being consistent in the top three as like a Muskin or a Tomac would be. So um, if, I think it's going to continue to be uh, somewhat turbulent year for Kenny. I wish I could say otherwise, and I'm a huge Kenny fan, um, but just the inconsistency we've seen towards the end of Supercross, where he was he was killing it for for the first half and then just turned into a whole different rider, it's tough to say that he's going to be able to get that mental switch, you know, flipped for, uh, for in time for outdoors. It's, it's, it's really tough for that one, so uh, we'll see. Only time will tell, but uh, I, don't, I don't see the Team Honda crew uh, deploying the green guys anytime soon. No, I, I totally agree, and I, for that reason, I think that this uh, 450 season is maybe more cut and dry than we even really realize, uh, with the fact that uh, the number of teams that we would have expected to come in with contenders just straight up won't be. Um, moving on to probably uh, the team that might find themselves even outside the top 20 in points on more than a few motos, uh, in uh, in Suzuki with Justin Hill, um, we've seen Tampa Hill... We've seen uh, some some good motos outdoors on a 450 last year, but that was a flash of brilliance. Um, otherwise, we've seen pretty much nothing else other than um, the inconsistency. Uh, obviously, flair for the dramatic as far as riding style goes, but for the most part, um, just a complete absence of any type of endurance and physical fitness from, from Justin Hill. Um, I don't think that he has, uh, I don't think he has his stamina. I don't think that he has the, uh, I think he, he has the riding ability, but I, I, like, the thing is, these guys are, uh, uh, they're capable of amazing things, but nobody is capable of amazing things when you're dog tired and you bear, and you got your, your, uh, t- your, su- your tongue being sawed off by the rear sprocket. That's the, just, that's what Justin Hill's summer is going to look like. I don't think that you can compete at the top level of the sport with the level of fitness and the level of commitment that he brings to the sport. Matt, why am I wrong? Um, you're not. It's there's there's so many questions that surround <laughs> Justin Hill. We saw it in Supercross. 
we saw at Tampa last year. He has got so much talent, but I almost feel it's wasted. I almost put him on the same level as J-Law, and that's ridiculous. But yeah, I think Suzuki, JGR, they're just going to have a long summer. I'm going to stamp this. If the CR22 comes out and races any outdoors, he's going to end up higher results than Justin Hill. I I totally agree with that. I think that uh, um, there's there, there's maybe a, a Suzuki privateer that might uh, um, finish higher in the points than, than Justin Hill. I don't know who's coming over and riding one. Maybe Cedric Subaros comes over and rides it um, and, and places ahead of Justin. Uh, this has gone totally sideways for the kid. Like, there's just... No signs of life, like like, and maybe maybe he totally makes me eat eats my words. Maybe by r- round three he's um, he's fighting for it, but I do not see any evidence of that. I would be totally shocked if it did. I would be more shocked if um, if Justin Hill has consistent top ten finishes throughout the nationals than I was that Cooper Webb went two two years on a Yamaha be, be, being uh, barely noticeable, riddled with injuries, and then backed that up with a championship this last year in Supercross. Um, I'd, I'd be more I'd be more shocked by Justin Hill just being a top ten guy this year uh, in outdoors. I think it's going to be a long, long summer uh, for him, or maybe it'll be a short one uh, if, if J-Bone tells him to stay home and, and maybe they put uh, Kyle Peters or something on that 450 uh, to continue and finish out the year, or maybe CR22 comes out and does so as well. Moving over to uh, that big orange powerhouse. It's got tons of talent. They've got they've got uh, four riders, biggest factory uh, effort with, uh, obviously, Webb and Moose Can being the factory guys, and Rock River, or not Rock River, uh, Rocky Mountain, uh, KTM, uh, basically all under the same umbrella as far as I'm concerned, as far as factory-supported KTMs are considered. Uh, Webb has to be your uh, your, your favorite. Um, just the fact that he's coming off of a championship, but maybe he's a little bit too focused on Supercross the last little while to really be effective. Still don't know uh, where uh, Marvin's at as far as his ability and, and like is the knee injury at all still bothering him? Do we know that? Is it like has did we ever really get to see Marvin at his at his absolute peak during Supercross? Um, Beggett definitely had the best Supercross uh, season of his career. Maybe that translates into even more success outdoors. Um, it's a it's a talented group over there at KTM. Matt, tell me about it. That team this year is going to be a, a, a. I don't. I can't even come up with words for it. Webb to me is unknown. He's either going to come out and do what he did in Supercross, or he's going to struggle. And Marvin is going to be consistent, but there's so many other top 450 riders right now. In my opinion, it's going to be a, t- a top three, top four battle every weekend, not a top two or three like it was the last few years. Yeah. Um, Baggett, I think, is going to have more consistent finishes than he did last year. Um and I'm I'm really pulling for Bogle because I I want to see Bogle do good. I want to see Bogle have a ride next year. So I, I really don't know how to feel about Cooper Webb coming off this Supercross championship. Um, I could see him going out and and take 
taking it. He could go, you know, 20 wins, but I just, I, I don't know right now. Oh, Hangtown, I think, will be the, the telling story of that. If he comes out and goes 1-1, then we're, we're going to know. But if he goes out and goes 3-10, we're going to be like, oh, what's going on? So it, it's going to be interesting. I think it totally will be. I, I know uh, these guys will be fighting with each other for, for spots on the track. Uh, they all get good starts. We know Bogle can rip those things off, and I think that his fitness is certainly better than it was last year. Maybe he can hold on, uh, get one of those starts, and um, just based on the fact that he's up there, uh, make some noise and actually uh, move forward with this. Uh, what are you thinking, Dave? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I, I, I can't. I don't know. I can't dispute that too much, man. It's, um, I don't know. Going back to everything that we've really seen so far this season, man, it's, it's tough to say otherwise. No, it, uh, out of the, so for the three of you, or the two of you, why is it, there's not a third person here. Maybe there is. Um, <laughs> who's, uh, who, who's your top, uh, KTM guy? Like, you've got three guys, three guys that could for sure win motos. Who's going to be uh, your, your your top orange pilot by the end of this? I, I'm putting you on the spot, Matt. Who's it going to be? Moosecan. Moosecan. Okay. Dave? I have to go with Moosecan, too, man. Uh, not to be a copycat or anything, but that guy is super solid. Um, really, really good at uh, picking his lines and just, uh, just crushing in all aspects. He might not have the rock beat sometimes uh, or aggression that Cooper has, but he's in it for the long haul. He's, he's generally not not outside the top three very often, and, and uh, I think he's going to be the guy to stand out for the uh, for the orange fights. Fair enough. I'm going to go off the off the grid. And I'm going to go Baggett. I think Blake Baggett is going to be your top placing KTM pilot for 2019 outdoors. Finish things off here, boys, with the white bikes. The uh, the team that's uh, they're bringing some noise to the the table. You got your two thousand and uh, two thousand sixteen and seventeen, uh, or no, two thousand seventeen outdoor champion uh, in Zach Osborne. He's champing at the bit. He's ready to go. He was talking about multiple uh, overall wins on uh, on the DMXS Radio podcast. Uh, you got your former. 2018 Supercross champion and Jason Anderson, uh, who, if you follow his social media, looks like he's having a lot of fun lately. Uh, and then uh, a, sh- a guy who's coming off a shoulder injury, not unlike the one that I had uh, not uh, one month ago, which uh, if you had to ask me to go race the national, I couldn't do it right now either. So he's a little bit behind the eight ball in, in uh, uh, Dean Wilson. Some question marks over there uh, with Husky. I think the top guy is going to be Zach Osborne. I don't even think that's going to be close. Um, obviously, uh, last time we saw uh, Wilson in the outdoors, he did rattle off uh, uh, a podium finish. I believe that was either at Millville or uh, one of the other uh, uh, Midwest uh, rounds where uh, he definitely seems to... Uh, he, he likes the ruts, I think. He, he not as much of a hard-pack guy. Um, so, I, honestly, if, if, if I'm fielding... Who do I feel is going to be uh, the top guy on a white bike this year? Got to be Osborne, followed by Wilson and Jason Anderson. I think Jason Anderson, although has had lots of time to get ready uh, for outdoors, I think he's uh, about as unprepared as he's ever been. I think that he his, his mindset is not where it needs to be. Maybe he proves me wrong, but Matt, I don't see a whole lot of signs of life and, uh, and ready to go race outdoors from Jason Anderson. Maybe I'm wrong. 
I think his social media is a head game. I think he's going to be prepared, but mm. I also I would put all my coins in the corner of Zach Osborne. He's okay. solid, hungry, and he's got the fitness. I, if anybody was to, to take the title this year away from Eli Tomac, I could see it being Zach Osborne. Fair enough. I think, uh, yeah, like he's he like he's got fitness. He's got uh, f- a fresh set of shoulders. He is uh, he's in probably the best physical condition he's been as a pro. Uh, and uh, I think his his riding style gels better with the 450 than it does with the 250. Older guys uh, have a harder time just hanging things out. Uh, so uh, I think that he's uh, going to surprise some people out there. If, you're, if we're going to go, who's going to be our biggest surprise? I think it's got to be uh, Zach Osborne. I think he wins multiple outdoor races, and I think that uh, he finishes in the top three in points. Uh, if we're talking uh, disappointments, I think. Uh, uh, it's got to be uh, Ken Roxon, like as far as a guy who's expected to win races. Um, I can't confidently say that he's going to be at the top step of the podium for either a moto or an overall this year, based on the, how the last uh, few Supercrosses have gone. Maybe things change for him, but uh, yeah, that's what I'm feeling. Uh, Dave, I know you like those white bikes. Uh, who do you got as far as uh, uh, how that team sort of shakes out? And then uh, we'll roll into some uh, some predictions before we wrap this thing up. Yeah, man, it's so tough to go against Osborne right now, especially since he was such a stud last year, and you've seen him in the last, uh, in the last second to last race, um, meets Rutherford, where he was really giving those guys a bunch of their money and looked like, uh, looked like a wizard in the bike, man. Uh, you know he's going to be super fit. He's, uh, he's going to be ready to, to go outdoors. Uh, it's good to see him uh, in Supercross. I think he's even better for motocross. So. Um, it's going to be really tough to bet against him. I do think Wilson's going to be, uh, you know, second tier to, to Osborne. Um, and as far as Anderson goes, I don't think he's going to be as bad as people think, but I don't see him as uh, being up there with uh, with the rest of the top tier guys. Osborne is definitely going to be the top guy. He's going to be a threat. He's going to be able to knock off some podiums. Um, it seems like he's getting used to the 450 power, like he likes the bike a lot, like it's not beating him up too bad. So, I think we could be in for a treat, man. He could potentially steal some wins from Eli and, and kind of be a thorn in his side, kind of like Baggett was, uh, I think it was two or three seasons ago. So, um, yeah, it, it's, you can't, you can't play against, against Osborne, man. When the guy's on, he is absolutely on and nothing kind of shows you otherwise. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's going to be interesting this year. Um, I already kind of gave my, uh, my surprise and, uh, my little letdown or my disappointment. Matt, uh, why don't you kick us off here? Who's going to be uh, who's going to be your surprise? Who's going to be your disappointment for uh, 450 class? My disappointment is probably going to be Ken Roxon. My uh, my surprise is going to be Bogle. Ooh, Bogle! Think, well, like what? Uh, what? What? What's Bogle gonna do that surprises you? Like number of like is, is it gonna be like Colorado when he wins the first moto there? I think he's gonna get some hole shots, and I think he's gonna lead some laps, and he's gonna be. Uh, I'm not gonna say a podium threat, but he's gonna be just just outside the podium. He's he's a solid outdoor guy. I think his fitness is coming around and i think he's gelling with that bike i mean we've seen him in supercross he's getting leg swag. start and his leg swag i mean come on let's let's be real here straight up and 
he's a Midwest guy, so I dig it. So I'm going Justin Bogle. Fair enough. Um, Mookish, a.k.a. Dave Drakes, um, what, what are your thoughts here? Who's, who's going to surprise? Who's going to disappoint? And it's, it's not uh, – uh, Justin Hill is not a disappointment when we know he's not going to be top ten. Oh man, I was gonna, I was actually going to pick him. <laughs> see, um, I knew I, I, I read your mind. Yeah, see, yeah, you know, you know me so well already. Mm. Um, I, I, I definitely, I'm going to have to agree with the with the Roxton deal. It pains me in my soul to say that, but I, I mean, I don't think he's going to have a horrible season. I don't think he's going to be outside the top ten um, for more than maybe like once or twice for some, you know, late falls or DNF something crazy. But um, I do think that he's going to fall from that top three elite status to like just that fourth, fifth, you know, fourth through eighth spot in any given um, race until he figures out whatever that mental block is, that roadblock that's stopping him from the, from the setting a little bit more. Um, I do say, as far as the surprise go, I think Baggett is going to sneak in there and surprise people with some race wins here or there. Um, he's super good outdoors. I think we forget a, a lot just how good he is outdoors. And he always liked that KTM, jails well with the team, with the bike. He's on his trading game. So um, I think we're going to see him sort of uh, play a little bit of a spoiler, kind of like an Osborne would, but I think Dak is going to be able to do it more consistently. Fair enough. I think uh, I think you're on the right track, my friend. Uh, I'll, go, I'll start us off with our uh, championship prediction. I think that Eli Tomac <laughs> comes out this year with, uh, like, just a chip on his shoulder – I think that he's probably focused, he's been focusing on outdoors for a while now, uh, knowing that the Supercross Championship uh, was sort of out of reach and unless something amazing was going to happen, um, that, uh, that, that, that he should just go focus on outdoors. Uh, so I think that he comes out like a house on fire to start the season off. I think that he has, uh, I think, at least eight national wins as far as overalls and I think he's your three-time champion and still having us scratch our heads just that much harder as to how this guy can get it done outdoors and seemingly although she has wins lots of races indoors can't wrap up a championship uh, I think it's Eli Tomac followed by Blake Baggett and uh, I think just to round out my podium I think that Zach Osborne gets there with the with the, his uh, aboard his Husky. So uh, yeah, that's my that's my picks, boys. What, what do you guys got? Starting with Matt. You you took it. I got it. It's the same thing. Um, ha! I I I couldn't have said it any better. I mean, those three guys are going to be solid. Um, Fast. On any given weekend, it could be Baggett or Muscan because, like I said before, Webb is still such an unknown for me. So I'm 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 a bigger Baggett fan than I am a Muscan fan. So I'm I'm throwing my coin that way. So I'm going the same top three. Fair enough, um, Dave. I know you you got to go completely off the board. I know you want you want to pick uh, Malcolm Stewart, James Stewart, and uh, Big James Stewart for your top three. But uh, we have to go with guys that are racing in this particular championship. Well, if the oh, 259 man. is there, it's it's on the it's on the it's got it. Come in. Oh yeah, clearly no. Like, exactly. Let's, let's let's get real here. Like, uh, 
two fifty nine on a one two five on a, on a on a KX one two five. I'm taking him as as my as my champ. But uh, those those days have sailed. And maybe honestly, okay. Side note: we're going to talk about that for a second after this. I know most both of you probably have to get up in the morning. We need to take like ten minutes to talk about that right after this. But um, Mookie or Mookish, give give me your uh, give me your thoughts. Yeah. It- I gotta go with Tom Mac, Miniskin, and uh, Baggett, man. He, it's just those guys are too damn solid. You, you can't, you can't bet against it. Point yeah, blank. So you're, 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 uh, you're switching out to Osborne. You don't think he's gonna be top three as a rookie? Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's gonna be a huge thing. Uh, for him this year, I think he moved, he really establishes himself on the 450 and uh, and gets that top three ride. So that's our thoughts on the outdoors this year, guys. I hope you really enjoyed listening. Uh, connect with uh, M Weller two seven five seventy two on five seven two on the Instagram or MX Rehab. Are you? I I noticed for a while that you sort of like sort of became disenchanted with running that page and now you're you, you're more hard at it again um is is that like a sort of like am i hitting the nail on the head right there uh matt i've been so busy with work so busy raising a family i've i've stopped taking on any customer work right now but uh, we're getting ready to turn it back on so soon Fair enough. Well, if you're not already following MX Rehab, please go do so. Uh, and if you're at that at this point, if you're a loyal listener to the Big MX Radio podcast and you're not following Dave Drake's or the Collective Experience, you clearly have no interest in going to motocross races and having fun. Um, and uh, you also have no interest in, in finding the like the 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 sunshine and rainbows in literally every situation because that's pretty much Dave in a nutshell. Um, the guy was, he was pumped about riding a 10 year old four stroke last year. Like let's, let's just like the eternal optimist, Dave Drakes, you need to follow D Drakes one seven five, as well as the collective XP on Instagram. If you're not following me on Instagram, well, there's probably not too many of you cause there's 45,000 of you. Uh, so, but if you're not pretty, please do. I, I, I do appreciate the follow and, uh, and, and to, uh, talk to my friends and, uh, whether it's Jonesy or Dale Borg or any of the guys that, uh, that check things out. Uh, on a regular basis, I, I love uh, connect, connecting with the fans. But uh, let's get to something that I want to talk about just for a few minutes here. You mentioned him, Matt, or actually, I sort of mentioned him. That we all sort of mentioned James Stewart. The two the two uh, interviews have come out. Honestly, and I'm just being real here. I kind of wish they didn't. I like. It, it, it's it, honestly to me like as much as it's good to see that James is sort of in a good way, so to speak. As far as he seemed to be happy where he's at, being uh, in his 36 pants and, uh, and and not loving motorcycles anymore, um, it's just such a bummer. Like it's like almost finding out that like years later that Santa Claus never enjoyed giving gifts or delivering them. Like you the guys, back. seriously. James Stewart doesn't like riding motorcycles anymore. He hated his 2005 KX 252 stroke, even though everyone still loves that motorcycle based on how cool it looked and how awesome he looked riding it. Um, Like, James Stewart, to me, has... He's totally, like... He, he, like... Like, doesn't seem like he enjoyed his career. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry that it was such an inconvenience for you, James, 
to be the great one of the greatest that ever threw a leg over a motorcycle. I'm sorry that you made so many millions of dollars racing motorcycles. I'm sorry that the fans lined up around the block just so they could take a get a glimpse of you, much less get a, get an autograph. Like. I'm sorry that the, the, the infancy of four strokes were an absolute pile and that your 2006 uh, 450 was not uh, was not as awesome as uh, as today's four strokes are. But, like, honestly, like, and you, can, you guys can weigh in on this, but holy crap, I was just straight up disappointed watching those interviews where James basically just sounds like he doesn't, he, he doesn't, Want to like he he never enjoyed the work he never enjoyed being a champion he obviously felt a lot of pressure wanting to having to win every single race that he was ever in but holy crap like like he James Stewart is basically now the equivalent of Eeyore he's a total bummer and I was super disappointed so you guys can just do what you want with that but holy crap wow so I'm a huge. Two five nine fan. I am um, too. He was on my wall. As far as the bike in 06, I mean, it was the first year KX four fifty. Yeah. The early, the early four fifties, the early four strokes. I mean, compared to today, yeah, they were not good. And I, man, I don't know. I I could see. I could see where he could compare it to today's bikes, but it's just, I don't, I don't get it. I, he's a legend. And in my, in my eyes, he's the goat. He, he did more for the sport than Ricky Carmichael, in my opinion. Okay. Um, but now he doesn't even like going, he's this world-class facility. Like, I don't like going there. It smells like work. Come on. Yeah. it's, It's, yeah, it's, it's odd. I don't know. I. It's. I'm, I'm still gonna be a two five nine fan. Yeah, no, I, I'm still a fan. It just about. bugs me, doesn't it? Like that'd be like finding out that uh, that Brett Favre never liked throwing footballs. Well, you can take that back right now. Right, it's not gonna like, happen. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Isn't that sort of I, what it sounded like? Made, like? I'm trying to find parallels here, but like, it just like it made he really TV. seems like really down about how it all went and like all oh, that, the, like that that O five. Like I had no chance on that thing. Like well, like I don't know, didn't look that bad. Like maybe it was. Like I don't know. Maybe I don't know. But Mukish is just over there crying because I made I, I said mean <laughs> things about his favorite rider. Like. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dave. No, I, I, I totally, I totally, I totally get recounted from. Like, I honestly just watched that interview uh, yesterday, and then watched some old 125 races from that guy. Um, you know, I'm the biggest James Stewart fan in the world, man. Like, dude, can't be any wrong. Um, definitely agree that as much as I like Ricky and as much as he did for the sport, James just completely just did more than I think any other rider for our sport in terms of growth and exposure and the way we ride and. Just the, just the energy and the fanfare he brought with him. Um, it was a little bit of a bummer to hear that he didn't like the racing. Um, but, I mean, honestly, I'm, I, I wasn't much concerned about that because we've seen that from riders. Like, you hear Ricky talking about it. He's like, man, the training sucked. It made racing not fun. You can see it on Villapoto's face when he talks about it. 
Dungey talked about it a little bit in some interviews. So like, I keep get kind of used to them, like, not really enjoying every aspect of it. But the part that really got me kind of bummed was the part where he's like, I even hate going to the facility now. Like, you'll never see me there. I hate going there. There's no chance of me riding a bike, you know, there ever again. It's like, holy shit. You, you expect this guy to say, like, yeah, now that the pressure's off, I enjoy riding again. Like we've seen with the Lapoto, like we've seen with Dungey. Um, like a Wyndham enjoys just like throwing a leg over it, even though he's got a beard belly. Um, but yeah, this is Steve Stewart. Just like yeah, you know, I, I, I hate motorcycles right now. Not to that extent, but just, I hate riding and um, I don't enjoy being in that facility. That is like a dreamland for so many kids and adults. If we ever open up a Fox, you know, catalog back in the day, it's all it was was Stewart's compound. We all dreamed about it. Um, that was a bummer to hear that he doesn't enjoy it now and that he's a he wouldn't go back to it anytime soon, but um, it was just still cool to hear the details about how down on power the two-stroke was, or how much of a off uh, weekend it was in this one race, or how shitty he ate at this one event. You know, just cool things like that. We really weren't privy to back in the day, so I'm grateful that we had it. Just bummed that he's not uh, he's not enjoying the riding like most guys in his uh, his sort of stage of life are. Yeah, like. I think of of uh, an interview that was done with him uh, just as his pro career was getting going. And he was talking about like going back to Loretta's like plus thirty five class and kind of having fun with it, and that just seems to be gone. Like um, I don't. Obviously, we grow, we change. We're not always. This, we're not going to be the same person we were at, at uh, fifteen as we as we are at thirty one or thirty two or whatever James is. Um, but it just seems like it was a, a huge bummer just to see um, a guy who's so loved, and I think all three of us would agree, the best to ever do it, the best to ever throw a leg over a bike uh, is James Stewart. And uh, to see that he uh, wants no part of it um, and, and just sort of doesn't really embrace it and, and honestly looks back at a lot of the some of the, the sort of certain times in his career with uh, a lot of distaste. So uh, and those are some times that I really enjoyed being a fan of, of James. So that, that's sort of like kind of hard to hard to hear, hard to see. But uh, yeah, that's that's sort of um, my take on it. Um, and uh, on it, like I don't know what it is with uh, like pro supercraft athletes. Like some of them, they stay in like amazing physical condition. You got guys like uh, Johnny O'Mara, who's probably fitter than half the guys that currently race professionally. And then uh, you got James and Ricky, who uh, like as soon as they hung up the boots, and maybe that's uh, like congruent with being a part of that uh, Alden Baker program. And I guess you can throw RV in that as well. Like they like those guys really take the foot off the gas as far as fitness goes <laughs> once once the uh, career's done. Uh, like I don't like. Am I totally wrong about that? Like isn't like you had the ability to be that in shape? Like wouldn't you want to continue that? Maybe I'm wrong. I think I'd agree with you just being that. I was just gonna say I, I think when those guys at that level that were training so hard like a like a Ricky, like a James, um, on program for like well, since they were like ten or twelve or something like that, um, I think they're just so happy to just relax and not have to worry about training and be able to indulge in those things that all of us kind of got a chance to, but they never really got a chance to, you know, they had to sacrifice for that. So um, I think 
I think you'll see you'll see like the top tier guys. And even you see them in the photo too. You can get a little chunky here and there. So um, those guys that really had to go through like the Baker Factory program and just year after year grind it out. I think those guys are just kind of beat. They're kind of over it. Like you know what? I gave. I have nothing left to prove. I was fit forever in the magazine doing this and that. I just want to enjoy. I want to eat this ice cream and not worry about you know busting out of my pants. Who gives a shit? You know. Yeah, I guess. No, why not? Like, uh, it's uh, it is what it is. But uh, anyway, boys, uh, this has been fun. Really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, I think we originally planned for an hour and uh, an hour an hour long conversation. We ended up spouting off about James Stewart for about ten minutes. So tack a little bit on there. Uh, not too too bad. Like we're only maybe twenty minutes more than I originally planned on talking, uh, which is. Uh, Matt, you haven't been on as many of these podcasts as Dave has. Uh, Dave has, has had to sit up with me until 11, 12 o'clock at night uh, hashing out different Supercross rounds. So I, I'm pretty proud of us for, for uh, keeping things within a, a reasonable time constraint. And for those who enjoyed listening, I really hope that you guys uh, enjoyed this podcast. Uh, and if you didn't enjoy it, take it up with Matt, honestly, because uh, uh, I couldn't be bothered um, for your feedback. But anyway... Matt, really appreciate you uh, you coming on the show. Where can people follow along with your uh, little journey? And I hope that you do get some throttle therapy soon. Well, thank you for having me, Brad. And you can follow me at mweller572. And, uh, yeah, I'm hoping this weekend I can get out and twist it. There you go. I hope so as well. Uh, Dave Drakes, you'll be at many of these events. You'll also be at a couple of Canadian national events, of which we will talk about uh, in, the, in a couple weeks' time as that as the first round of that series nears closer. Um, where can people follow you on the social media platforms? And, as, of course, when, where can they get more information on the, the collective experience? Because if you're listening to this podcast, you love motocross, you want to get closer to it, you want to be part of a professional racers program for the day, they can do that with the collective experience. 100%. Yeah, feel free to uh, check us out at The Collective EX on Instagram. Send us a DM. Um, check us out on the web, thecollectivexp.com. Check out all the cool packages we have going on, like our internship program or a fan experience for outdoors. Also, um, contact at thecollectivexp.com for email. And Drake's 175 is my personal. Feel free to send me a message. Ask about The Collective. Ask me about Big MX Radio, the races, whatever you want. I'm always happy to talk about it with people. Absolutely, boys. Well, really appreciate the time. Uh, for those who are wondering, Dave Drakes is not sponsored by 100% Goggles. It's actually uh, Flow Vision Goggles, even though he says 100% about 300 times each podcast. But, uh, boys, it's a pleasure to have <laughs> you on the podcast. Uh, we'll do it again sometime. Uh, we're don't hang up just yet, boys, but for podcast sake, let's cut it off right there. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Radio Podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by Maxima USA, proven under the toughest conditions. The Collective Experience. Access your dreams at thecollectivexp.com. Sickwix candles, soy candles, and wax melts for moto fans like you. Medterra CBD. Our CBD, your health. Find out more at medterracbd.com.